It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
God bless you, you and you. This is Z from ZSpeaks.com. Of course, I was trying to, you know, do a little fade, you know, and I wound up turning the song up. I hope you were able to hear it. Welcome to the Power of a Praying Life study group session um, written by Stormy Martian. We're just going through the book, and tonight we're going to be talking about his temptations. And um, I just want you to keep an open mind and understand that as we go through this chapter, uh, a man's temptations is not just about um, adultery. It's not just about sex. It's about anything that tempts him to be something other than he is supposed to be. But we are going to continue to dive into um, the the main issues, uh, which, you know, include um, adultery. So um, what I want to do, if you're new to the call, is we always start off with a brief introduction, and then we go into a prayer, and then we uh, read the um, chapter together. If not, then if you don't have the book, then I read it with, for you. And then um, whenever the Lord leads me, I'll stop and just share whatever he's laying on my heart at that moment. And then uh, we open up the lines. In the beginning, we had a few people talking. We'll, we'll see how it goes tonight. And then um, we close out in prayer. So uh, I want you to just uh, join with me in prayer while we uh, open up the call. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being who you are. We love you today, and we thank you for this moment and this opportunity to come together, touching and agreeing as sisters, just trying to understand what it is that you have to say about love. God, we thank you so much for love. We know that it's precious. We know that it's honorable in your sight, and we're desiring to love better, to love more, to make sure that we're stretching ourselves to the maximum capacity to make sure that we are giving the way that you want us to give and not the way we feel we should give. God, we just thank you. We love you, and we ask that you be on this line. We ask that you continue to touch the women and bring the women in, and uh, let's just uh, help us to understand better as to what it means to be a helpmeet to the man that you have placed in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about his temptations. And um, as I said previously, we're not just going to be talking about adultery, or, or rather we're not going to just go over cheating. We're going to talk about um, a few a few other things. Um, and while we're doing that, I want us to keep in, keep, keep, keep in mind that they're not the only ones that are tempted. Okay, um, women have just as many temptations as men do, in my opinion. We just fight them off better. We know how to prepare ourselves before we even, uh, you know, get that far. And uh, if we do go that far, more than likely we've already left. So uh, let's continue to read uh, Stormy of Martian. This is Chapter 6, I believe. And Stormy says, from the time Michael and I were married, I prayed for God to remove temptation from my life. I don't know if it has been the result of prayer or the fact that we both guard ourselves against such things, but we've never given each other a single moment of concern. I'm sure it's due more to the hand of God than the strength of human Hand of God. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's more. It's, I'm sure it's due more to the hand of God than the strength of human restraint. 
but both are important. I know several couples who experienced adultery in their marriages, but because in each case there was a wife who was willing to pray and a husband open for God to change and restore him, the marriages are still intact and successful today. Only prayer, a submitted heart, and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit can work those kinds of miracles. I have another friend whose husband had numerous affairs before they finally divorced. Each time it was with one of her best friends. I questioned her choice of friends, but I never questioned her godliness or commitment to pray. She prayed, but a heart that refuses to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit will not change no matter how hard you pray. Temptation is everywhere today, and we're fools if we think our husbands can't be lured by it in some form or another. The Bible says the eyes of a man are never satisfied. I just want to stop right there for one second because a lot of times we read the Bible at face value, not understanding that when it was written, it was written to a certain type of people, written, given to a certain type of audience, and we have to make sure that we're um, translating it into today. Uh, Certain things, certain words meant certain things, um, at the time that the Bible was translated or even at the time that the Bible was written. So when we see the word like, uh, you know, eyes, we automatically think of our vision, the two eyes that we have in our head, and that's not always um, what it's about. Uh, so bear with me one minute because I want to dig into that scripture just a little bit more. <sighs> Proverbs twenty-seven twenty. it says, So the eyes of a man are never satisfied, okay? Um, And that can be a little alarming because it's like, well, they're never going to be satisfied if the Bible is saying that they're never going to be that. Their eyes are never going to be satisfied, then what's the point? And um, when we talk about um, the eyes, we're not just, okay, they're always going to be looking or they're always going to be wanting, or they're always going to be in lust. It's a matter of having the need to be satisfied more so than it is the eyes um, as far as looking at another another woman. A man has a constant need, just like we do, to be satisfied. And notice, you know, when we discuss the Bible and it uses the word man, it's not always referring to the male species. It's usually refer, referring to human race, okay? Um, so we have to understand that the male species and the female species both have a tendency to constantly be in need. And why not? We, we, are under, we serve a God who is ever-progressing. There's no cap on him. There's no limit to him. So if we are his children and people say that, you know, people, we're never satisfied, we're not supposed to be. Well, the moment we get content, the moment we get comfortable and we say, okay, this is it, I made it, but we still have more work to do, that's when God allows certain situations that make us uncomfortable so that we push forward to doing uh, more, to doing better, to growing greater. So, um 
don't don't think it's strange if you you know I'm never satisfied. No, it's not that you never satisfied. It's just that you know you serve a God who is ever progressing, and you are His child, and therefore you are ever progressing until you leave here. All right. So when it talks about the eyes of a man uh, ne- never being satisfied, it's referring to his his needs, his desires. Not necessarily, oh, once a whore, always a whore. That's not what, that's not necessarily what we're talking about, okay? But she goes on to say, Stormy goes on to say, if that's true, temptation is always a possibility and we must be ever watchful. Certain people are tempted by alcohol and drugs. Others have a lust for money and power. Still others find food addictions, pornography, or sexual immorality to be irresistible lures. The enemy of our soul knows where our flesh is the weakest, and he will put temptations in our path at our most vulnerable points. I want to stop right there. How many times have you gotten into an argument? I mean, just just, just totally disgusted with the companion, and you walk out of the house, and next thing you know, every man that passes you seems like they have something to say about what they would do if they had to hope that man is treating you right because if not, then they know how to treat you right and how come every time I see you, you're never smiling and, you know, got you thinking they always watching and, you know, it just seems like every time that happens uh, where you get into a, a, a disagreement, um, something comes your way to lure you, to tempt you. It's the same thing for the man. It's not just, uh, you know, us being hit on. They They have their little you know, um, the uh, females that um, are looking at them a certain kind of way too. And most of them, for those females who have a plan, who have an agenda, just like the men who have a plan and an agenda, they wait. They watch. They see how unhappy they are. Oh, they look a little down today. They look, let me offer them a shoulder to lean on. That's how most of them, you know, whether it be male or female, that's how they start. And then they start to slowly lure, lure in your companion. And next thing you know, you have a whole other kind of situation on your hands that you never meant to have all from an argument. It's, it's in that time that you have to know who you are and who your man is. Because at the end of the day, if I know that um uh promiscuous, then a wedding ring is not going to matter to me. The moment my man decides to make me angry or what have you, then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do whoever I want to do with whatever I want to do with or or however it goes, okay? And the same thing for the man. If he is not committed, if he has no intention on really being uh, involved with you, to the fullest, then he will allow that trap to trap him. And uh, it's not to say that they are a bad person. It's just to say that uh, they put themselves first in that decision, just like we put ourselves first if we do that in that decision. And I'm bringing it, I'm bringing the attention to both the male and the female species because it used to be a time where just men left the house, but that's not the case these days. These days, women are up and leaving uh, their babies and their marriages and everything else, leaving everything, the house, everything. 
it's not just uh, the men. So I'm going to refer to both species because both of us are faced with temptation. But I will say this. If you weren't uh, who you were, if you weren't destined for greatness, if you didn't have the ability to be successful in a relationship, and if he didn't have the ability to be successful in a relationship, temptation would never happen. It's only there to distract you from your destiny. It's only there to distract you or throw you off from the success of a, of a real relationship. So um, I also want to take a moment because Stormy talks about the enemy. She says, the enemy of our souls knows where our flesh is the weakest, and he will put temptations in our path at our most vulnerable points, Okay. I want you to understand that we live on earth, but we are in a war that we never see. We have angels that help us, and we have demons that are trying to throw us off track. Think it not strange. It's not going to be that we just have angels, and then there's no opposing force. There is always an opposing force, but it's up to you to make up your mind to not allow it to push you where it's trying to push you, Okay. The enemy of our souls knows what's in us. He wasn't always an enemy, okay? When he um, was an angel in heaven, we were created way before the sperm at the egg, okay? Even God's word says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I ordained you. I called you. Before you even got here 2,000 years later or however many years later, I already knew who you were. I know the hairs, the number of hairs on your head. The Bible tells us that, that he knows all about us, okay? So when we were created, there is an, uh, an angel who wasn't always an enemy who saw everything that was going on. Okay, so they're going to have the gift of sight. They're going to have the gift of dreams. They're going to have the gift to hear. They're going to have the gift to sing. They're going to have, you know, the the calling to preach, to teach, to, you know, um, evangelize. Okay. And they're going to be destined for success in the entertainment industry, and they're going to be destined for success of the corporate ladder. Okay. You're giving them the gift of favor. He saw all of that. Okay. All of that. It's us who have the hard time knowing what's on the inside of us or believing what God has put on the inside of us. But he already knows who we are. He will always set right on down to who, all right, so their Adam is that guy and, you know, his Eve is that girl. Okay, don't think that when he got knocked out of heaven, okay, that he forgot all of that. He did not. He still remembers because we are a threat to stopping his Okay, so it's not strange that when you and your boo are happy, okay, you ain't thinking about nobody and he ain't thinking about nobody. But the moment y'all get in a little rift, here come I can't. Here comes everything he thought he'd ever wanted or somebody uh, from the past. Here come all these things where... The timing is perfect. That's how you know it's a distraction because it's always convenient. Distractions are always convenient, always. You have every room, 
every moment, every opportunity to do something to damage what God said is for you. So um, when, when, she, when Stormy says the enemy of our souls knows where our flesh is the weakest, I don't think he, he probably caused the argument. The same way when God, uh, God's presence steps into the room, everything comes into order. When the enemy comes, everything goes into chaos. We have to be mindful that we're not just here on this earth and we're just walking it out by ourselves. We are in between two worlds, and there are forces who are pushing us to our destiny, and then you have forces who are trying to be successful in pushing us um, uh, out of the way uh, or off track. And the only way they succeed is if we allow them to direct us, okay? So um, let me go on to what else that Stormy is saying. She says, the question is not whether there will be temptation. It's how we will handle them when they arrive. I recommend praying through them. While prayer may not be able to stop a man from doing something he is determined to do, it can diminish the voices of temptation and strengthen his resolve. It can pave the way for him to make the right choices. Let me stop right there, okay? So um, what I found out, right, uh, because I've been in a position where I've been vehemently angry, okay, with my husband, and next thing you know, somebody walking down the street and he is totally opposite of everything, you know, that I love about my husband. And, you know, sometimes it crosses your eyes, okay? I'm not saying that you're looking, but sometimes, they, you know, they're walking in front of the car and you just happen to be looking straight ahead and, you know, your head turned a little bit. You have to catch yourself. It's not the first look. It's the second look. When you look back that second time, uh, imagining, you know, images start dancing around in your head and thoughts and all kind of things start going on, and then it's a little harder to catch yourself. So if you know that you're in a, uh, in a, in a position where, you know, you're a little weak in temptation, don't look twice. It's always the second look. I had to learn that. It is the second look. It, it, it hurts you. I promise you it will. So um, by handling temptation and being able to pray through, this is what I always say uh, when it comes to my husband because there's always somebody prettier. There's always somebody better. There's always somebody more handsome. There's always somebody better. When... And, and and women are not uh, as timid as they used to be. So this is how I feel about it. At the end of the day, I trust God to do his job. I trust God to say, uh, sir, you know you shouldn't be doing that. But it's really up to my husband to say, and you know what, God, I won't. But there has to be a certain order in his life. It has to be, I don't want to do it and I won't do it because of God first. Then, and a lot of times we like to think it's us, I don't want to do it and I won't do it because I love my woman. No, 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 no. He has to have a self-respect. And if he has self-respect, he'll have self-control, okay? So I don't want to do it because I reverence God. I, I, I believe in his word and I understand that there are consequences to this, and I don't want to disappoint him in my personal relationship with God. 
And if your man doesn't have a personal relationship with God, it's going to be very hard for him to stay on track without doing temptation. That's something that you need to pray for, okay? So that's number one. The second thing is him. I'm a man about mine, and I'm not going to let nobody's body part control me, okay? They have to have a matter of a manner of self-respect and self-control for themselves. Then if that don't work, then it's a, it, it has to be, what about my woman? She just made me them fish and grits this morning. You know, I usually get, you know, the pancakes and bacon or scrambled eggs and bacon or turkey sausage or what is that, sausage gnocchi or whatever it is. You know, she just made that for me this morning and, you know, we got plans. And then if that goes out the window, then it's got to be, well, what about the children? And then what about the, you know, it has to be a list, but it has to be God, him, and then you. Now, if he can get through all of that, then he really wants to do it, and there's nothing to stop him. But because the list does not change God himself and then you, he's going to feel convicted. After he does it, he's going to feel convicted. Then he'll wonder about himself, how could you break your rules for somebody? And then he's going to think about you. Look at the hurt I put her through. Look at the devastation I brought my family. Now she's talking about divorce and we was just getting ready to go on vacation. They start to process. It always brings them back. But a man who does not have that set up, they have nothing. They have no foundation to fall back on. They have nothing to bring them to themselves and help them not do it again. So if you know that your companion does not have a personal um, relationship with God, then he's not going to understand self-love. He's not going to understand self-respect. He's not going to understand self-control. He's not going to fully understand what you are there for, okay? So um, Stormy says, the Bible says that God does not tempt us. Um, A lot of times you hear people say, you know, I feel like God was tempted or I feel like, you know, he was tempting me or something of that nature. The Bible makes it clear he's not going to tempt you. But that, that, would be, that, that would be crazy if he tells you don't commit adultery, but then he's throwing a woman in front of his face or throwing a man in front of your face, then what, what sense does that make? That, that, that is very contradictory to who he is and what he stands for. So she says, the Bible says that God does not tempt us. It is our desires that draw us away from uh, draw us away to what entices us. It is our desires that causes us to sin and bring death into our lives. But blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised has promised to those who love him. That's James one and two scripture. Let me read it again. This is scripture. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. That means blessed, happy. Okay, blessed means happy, y'all, all right, literally. Blessed means happy. Happy is the man who fights, okay? Sometimes, you know, we constantly think that when we're, when we're engaged in the fight, we got to, um, you know, be active. Sometimes fighting is just standing still. Sometimes fighting is just holding on. Sometimes fighting is taking a hit, okay? Blessed, happy is the man who fights temptation, fights his own personal lust. 
for when he has been approved, in other words, when he passes whatever is going on, when he gets through that temptation, when he is finished, okay, uh, fighting with that thing or tussling with it, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The crown of life is a blessing. It's a signet, like a halo on an angel, okay? But when you look at it naturally, he will receive the crown of life. You pass it once, you'll pass it again. And it'll keep your marriage successful. It'll keep your wife from leaving you. It'll keep your children from turning their back on you. It'll keep you from having the family split up. Split up. This is the crown of life, the life that we live in. It'll keep you from being unsuccessful in your relationships. This goes for everybody. God, God wants us to get through temptation because he wants to bless us. But he needs to see if we can be trusted to choose his ways over our fleshly desires. He will always give us a way out if we want it badly enough to seek him for it. The Bible tells us that there is always a way of escape for temptation. So what does that say? There's no excuse for anybody unless you're not connected to no personal relationship with God, then anything goes, okay? Oh, where are we? Okay, the best time, Stormy says, the best time to start praying about this is before anything happens. Jesus instructed his disciples to pray that you may not enter into temptation. That's in Luke twenty-two forty. He said to be watchful because the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. How many times have you heard a man say, I didn't really want to do it. I don't know why I gave from my number. I don't even know. I don't even think she's cute. No, she don't have nothing on you. No, I didn't want to be with her. I, just, I don't know. And we sitting here looking at them like, you have got to be crazy to think that I believe that you don't know why you broke my heart. No, they really don't know. The, weak, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. The spirit is willing to stand against it. The spirit, the spirit that's on the inside of a man is willing to fight, but the flesh Anything goes. The Bible says there is no good thing in the flesh. Okay? The spirit on the inside of us always responds, interacts with, interacts with and loves anything and everything about God. But this flesh responds, interacts with, and loves anything that is opposite of God. So the same way we're in two worlds, we're in two different fights on a daily basis. So when we act out of the flesh, you know whose team you're on. But when you act out of the spirit, you know whose team you're on. The problem is when we get finished messing around on the other side, we think we could just jump back on the spirit, on the on the spiritual side. And what happens is there's an enemy who does not want to let you go that easy. He is just like that crazy mistress or that crazy uh, man, you you know, it was supposed to be one night stand, and here they come knocking on the door. I think Jennifer Lopez got a got a got a movie out about that right now. The enemy is just like that crazy crazy guy in that movie. He don't want to let you go, so he's gonna put up a fight. He's gonna do what he can to destroy what it is that you are supposed to have, and then on top of that, you you've given him evidence. You have given him evidence, okay? He's got the proof right on down to the birthmark on your behind. Like, he's, he's got all the proof. Okay, let's go. Uh, where are we? 
Okay, so she says the best time is uh, to start praying before anything happens. And um, we always say we got to be preventative. We can't wait until it happens. We have to understand that this is a man. So if you're withholding sex, uh, don't think that he ain't thinking about getting it from somewhere, some way, okay? You don't want to push him into temptation, um, which is another reason why you have to choose to see who he is in order to get to that place of intimacy. All right. So um, Stormy says, if your husband struggles in a certain area, pray that he will want to have godly prayer partners with whom he can share openly, be accountable, and receive prayer. Let me stop right there because everybody ain't doing that. All right. Men are very private. Um, they may have one person, yeah, bruh, I want to, you know what, and perfectly die on the other end. It's like, nah, don't do that. You got a good woman. Instead of, man, go ahead. Anybody going to know what she don't know won't hurt her. This is also why we have to cover them and their connections. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work being it's a lot of work being helped me because we have to see before they before they even get there. Same thing with our children, our friends. We got to be able to see it before they even get to it. Okay, see the enemy coming. If you know that he has some friends that will encourage him to get off the path of his destiny, bet money you ask God to separate, and He will. Because the same way you don't want it, God don't want it either. Okay, you don't want your man knocked off, and he's like, well, I don't, I don't want him knocked off either. But God is a gentleman. He don't come in taking over. He waits, you know. He might set some things up to get our attention, but he doesn't just barge in. He needs an open door because he's a gentleman. We have freedom of choice, all right? That's what he gives us. Now, the consequences never change. But we have freedom of choices. So there's uh, an open door. You know what, Lord? I see that, um, you know, Ray Ray is not so good for him, not a good friend. And I feel he may encourage him or entice him to go away, to, to push away from his destiny. And I want you to separate that connection right now, straight away, immediately, by any, every, and all means necessary. I don't care what happens. I remember one time I was praying about a connection being separated. I said, I don't care if they got to go to Iraq to fight the war. I don't care. By any, every, and all means necessary. That's not my business as to how it gets done. My only concern is that it gets done. And next thing you know, however it happens, that uh, connection is separated. Right on down to family members. Don't sleep. Everybody don't like you. Everybody in his family does not like you. All right? He may think you're cute. Some may think you're cuter. That may be a problem too. All right? But everybody does not like you. Everybody does not want your relationship to work. Some people, they, that's, they just, it's just misery loves company. And some people feel, you know, I'm better than them and they don't deserve it. They don't deserve that kind of woman or they don't deserve that kind of man. You never know what a person's motives are. This is why you have to know who's in your circle. Everybody is not cheering for you. And some people are stuck in their flesh. And I just told you that the flesh interacts with and loves everything that opposes God. All right? So... 
here we go. Wait a minute, I want to go back to what Stormy was saying. She says, if your husband struggles in a certain area, that he will want to have godly prayer partners um, with whom he can share openly, be accountable, and receive prayer. Open confession before God and other believers does more to minimize the power of the tempter than anything else. What she's talking about is exposure, okay? Um, Opposing forces, they like darkness. They like to be hidden. They like to fly like that stealth jet, you know, the one you can't hear and can't see. You know, they're like the big brother. You know, you never know who's watching all kinds of They like to be undercover. But how many times have you thought something and you like, you know what, and when you finally sense it in person, I feel this way or I was thinking this way, and I kind of feel bad about feeling or thinking that way, and next thing you know, you feel better because you told somebody, the right somebody, all right, got to have the right somebody, you told the right somebody that you feel a little better. I, you know, I got it off my chest, and now I'm relieved. That's the whole thing uh, with communication. It, it intensifies the good things and exposes the bad things, all right? And when exposure, when light, when exposure is light, when it's brought to darkness, it can't stay. It can't stay. Just think about it. You turn on the light in a dark room, it's no longer dark. It's light, Okay. So uh, where are we? Okay, Stormy says, um, if after all your praying, your husband still falls into the hands of temptation, do not blame yourself. The decision is ultimately his. He has chosen to walk in the flesh and not in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. The, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish, okay? How many times we wish we could cut them out? And sometimes we fulfill that wish. But how many times do we wish we could do, you know, certain things that would make us feel, it would just make me so, make me feel so much better if I could punch her in the face. It would just make me feel so much better if I could tell him about himself. It would just make me feel so much better to get this, to please my flesh right now at the sake of or at the price of hurting another. We are spirit to lead us, and we are spirit beings, all right? So we definitely want to continue to allow uh, the Lord to lead us. Uh, The stormy goes on to say, don't stop praying for him. No matter how hopeless it seems when you see him being tempted again and again, know that God has provided a means of escape and you may be the instrument he will use you may be the instrument he will use to help him find it. If there is no temptation marriage a uh, problem in your marriage, be thankful and pray that it stays that way. So um I think sometimes we have a, a thought or an idea that God is not really interested in these things uh, that we go through, so we overlook the thought or idea to pray, um, and we can't. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Of course, you know, we're going to go to sleep, so eventually we're not going to be praying or, you know, we're going to be, you know, somewhere doing something in a meeting or taking care of the kids. Or some, sometimes we're not going to be praying, but prayer is a, an, an open conversation that never really ends. It goes similar to 
you praying in the morning and then in the afternoon you 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 like oh you know what God I also want to include like it's is that type of connection is that type of relationship to always have an opening to talk to Him at any given moment and we want to make sure that we're open to hear Him speak to us at any given moment so uh, I don't think it's it's inappropriate to pray for the very things uh, that you, you know, kind of feel, you know what, God, I just think you're a little too big or a little too busy for this. I remember, and I'm going to share this uh, quickly, just to give you an example. I remember when I went and um, I wanted some new furniture, and I had $800. I said, okay, God, I got $800. God has led me to find the next place. He has led me to find the next vehicle. So I said, we're going to do this with the furniture, too. Tell me where to go. Told me where to go. We're looking around. I found a set that I wanted. It was $1,200. I said, you know what? Uh, I don't have $1,200. I'm not finding it for nothing. And the Holy Spirit said, look to your right. I look to my right, and I see this sign pointing with a big arrow pointing downstairs. I said, let me go down there and see what's down there. So my husband and my children were still upstairs and went downstairs. Saw what was there, and I saw the same set that was upstairs for twelve hundred, downstairs for seven hundred. So I said, um, "Why? What is the difference?" I guess everything that was downstairs, either a screw was missing or something was broken or what have you. But it was still the same couch with the pullout and the chase and the ottoman. It just like I said, the set was twelve hundred upstairs, but downstairs it was seven hundred. So I asked the gentleman, "I said, well, what's wrong with it?" He said, I was missing a piece of wood on the foot uh, on the bottom of the couch. So I looked, and it was a small piece of wood, and me being who I am, I said, I will find a wood paint or a stain. I will miss it, and it will be just fine. I said, well, you know, let me go get my husband. We're going to take this one. Go get the paperwork while I go get him and sell my stuff. So I went and got my husband, came downstairs, and, oh, lo and behold, it's the same thing, okay? They go and pick it up because the deal was if you buy it, you have to take it home with you right away. So my husband and the gentleman uh, go to pick up the, the chair, and there was the missing piece of wood right underneath the entire set. I gladly picked it up, put it in my pocket, went and got some wood glue from Michael, and called it a day. So when we think that God is not concerned about the littlest things, we overlook great, big opportunities. When we include him on everything, everything, I don't care how embarrassing it is. I don't care, you know, God, I just think this might be just a little bit crazy. Or, God, I know you have better things to do, you know, with your time. I don't care what it is. You have to talk. It will bless your life if you bring it before God. No matter what it is. I just told you I asked for furniture, and I got it. So um, when you consider that man, you know, God, I'm asking you to turn his heart, his mind, and his loins toward me, all right? I'm not asking, uh, I don't want to go through the heartache of adultery, you know, and if it's pornography and masturbation that you're dealing with and, the thing with that is that is a double-headed enemy. I like to call it a, a two, two and one twins, knockout twins, because it's it's not um, 
just it helps the body to get used to a different way of intimacy. And when you go back to the regular form of intimacy, the way God intended, you can't fully enjoy it. You can't fully enjoy the original intent of intimacy because you're so used to getting off real quick. Let me just put it plain. All right, you're so used to other things, other magic, other stimuli that you can't even uh, enjoy foreplay uh, the way you want to, or you feel like you're missing something or you're not satisfied because it wasn't done the way you saw it in the magazine or in the movie or wherever. So um, while, uh, you know, people will say, well, it's just sex, it's just the art form, you know, that's all it is, the intent, the enemy's intent is to get you or him to a place where y'all are not satisfied. And next thing you know, he's going to seek a prostitute to do what he didn't even have the nerve to ask you to do because the trick is after they get finished jerking off, if I can just be frank, after they get finished doing that, they feel very ashamed. They don't, they're not, you know, the, they're not happy. They feel very ashamed, embarrassed about doing it. And what happens is they don't feel uh, their self-esteem gets low and they don't feel like, oh, she don't even deserve me or I don't, I don't deserve her. And then they're embarrassed, you know, to hear the kids are looking up to me and I'm really over here in the corner, you know, every chance I get doing this thing. And then they stay like that, abstaining from sex, and then they go right back to it because they got their release. It's a cycle. So anything, I don't care what it is, anything that perverts the original intent of of what God created something for, it is to distract me. Now, Stormy has a prayer here, and I want to read that prayer because she usually does put a prayer at the end of each chapter, but I haven't been reading them. We've been praying um, ourselves. But I just want to read the prayer to you. And I want us to touch and agree uh, on this prayer. She says, Lord, I pray that you, this is the prayer that you would say. I pray that you would strengthen my husband or my companion to resist temptation that comes his way. Stamp it out of his mind before it reaches his heart or personal experience. Lead him not into temptation, but deliver him from evils such as adultery, pornography, drugs, alcohol, food addiction, gambling, and perversion. Remove temptation, especially in the area, and that's whatever area you you know he's facing. Remove that temptation. Make him strong where he is weak. Help him to rise above anything that erects itself as a stronghold in his life. May he say, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Lord, you said that whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken without walls. I pray that my husband will not be broken down by the power of evil, but raised up by the power of God. Establish a wall of protection around him. Fill him with your spirit and flush out all that is not of you. Help him to take charge over his own spirit and have self-control to resist anything and anyone who becomes a lure. May he abhor that means to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. I pray that he will be repulsed by tempting situations. Give him courage to reject them. Teach him to walk in the spirit so he will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, 
In Jesus' name, I pray. I thought that was a very strong prayer that she covered uh, a lot of things regarding temptation. So I wanted to make sure that I read that um, to, to so that we all kind of have an understanding of how how far we can go in our prayer. If you got to pray, Lord, don't even let them get it up. If that's what it takes, then fine, that's what it takes. God let them only raise up for me. If that's what you want to pray, by all means. That's what you pray. But you have to make sure that uh, you're being vulnerable before God. Uh, I'm afraid that he's going to have a food addiction, that he's going to uh, get so big where I'm turned off, and then I'm the one in adultery. Like, we have to be very, very open uh, before God and praying about everything. So um, just to do a quick review, we talked about the power in the beginning of this call, talked about the power of unforgiveness, uh, of, of forgiveness, sorry, and how um, unforgiveness blocks our prayers. We talked about um, how important your role is. Your role is to help him meet God. That means that the Bible says that you are his help meet. That means that in every instance, you have to help him see God through his love, through your love, through your tone, through your attitude, through your touch, through what you do, you have to help him see God, okay? We're constantly on the job. And then it talks about um, his 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 uh, finances, how important a man's uh, role is to be a provider and how bad they feel when they can't. Now, if they don't feel bad, then that's something, something wrong because we talked about how they're wired to go out there and do, go out there and pursue, go out there and, you know, grab and grab a hold of everything that, um, you know, their family needs. Um, we talked about um, uh, his uh, affection and uh, his sexuality, and we um, now we're talking about his temptation. So we want to make sure that as we go through this book, it's no sense if you're not going to apply it. If you're not going to apply it, you may as well just let it go. It's not going to work. Uh-uh. It's not going to work uh, if you're not going to apply it. But if you're going to make um, a, a promise or do your best to apply it, to try and remember some of these things, then uh, God, will, God will meet you right here, and he'll help you to remember the rest. I don't know what's going on with this phone, but... um. Hopefully it will stop shortly. Next week we're going to be going over his mind. You know, that's something that they don't always allow us into. What are you thinking about? What's going on? You got something on your mind? You know, we always ask that, and they always say no, and we know they're lying. So we're going to be going over his mind. I'm going to open up the lines just in case anybody wants to say anything. Okay, the lines are open. Anybody want to say anything, ask any questions, have any prayer requests? All right. So um, we're going to close out in prayer. I want to ask that you meet us uh, next week at 8 p.m. Uh, we're going to be going over his mind, and um, we hope to... Um, Hope to see some growth, okay? 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being who you are. We thank you for being high and lifted up. We thank you for being exalted over the heavens and over the earth, oh God. The earth is yours and the fullness thereof, they and everything that dwell therein, oh God. We thank you that you are over everything. Hallelujah, God. You are over every system. Every name in the system, I don't know why I'm seeing this. You are over every single thing, every bit of paperwork, every process, every um, person in charge of paperwork, God. You know and understand all things, oh, God. We're asking you to even go into these systems that try and run our society and have rules over them so that we are continuously blessed, oh, Lord, God, so that when we need to be overlooked, we we are overlooked. And when we need to come to the front of the line, that we come to the front of the line. Lord God, I'm asking you for favor, oh Lord, that when eyes lay when people put their eyes on our names, on our paperwork, that they move fast, that they move quick, that they move um with with fire, with passion, even if they don't understand it, God, I'm asking you to see to it that they are moving and moving on our behalf, oh, Lord, whether they believe or not, God, we thank you for owning everything, for having everything under your power and under your control, and we thank you for being so confident, oh, God, that you would allow us to have the freedom to choose, oh, Lord. We thank you that you have decided to uh, make sure that we have the opportunity to choose, and within that we will see you, and we thank you that uh, you're not a a a, a person, a, a God of force. We thank you that you allow us to be free. We thank you that you allow us to choose. We thank you that you allow us to go through, and even when we make those choices that are not what you desired, you're right there with us, going through it with us, lifting us up, helping us to understand, see, and know what your perfect plan and will is for our lives. We thank you that you want us happy, oh God. For years we thought that that is not something that you were concerned about, but God, every time we come together and read, we're understanding that you desire that we be happy that you desire that we have love, that we understand love, that we live off of it and we thrive in it, oh, God. We understand that you desire us to be successful in every area of our lives. God, help us to understand balance. Give us balance, give us instruction, and give us your wisdom. Illuminate our sight and our hearing and even the soul, the seat of our affection, to just understand what it is that you're saying and doing for us at this very hour, oh, God. Issue your peace, your peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that will shut up tears, oh God. Peace that will settle nerves, oh God. Peace that will give us rest at night, oh God. By any every and all means necessary, let your peace just overtake us, oh Lord God. And as we continue not to worry, as we continue to believe you for the best, let our faith be built up so that we continue to believe you for bigger and for greater things because you are a big and great and mighty God. And we thank you for having no limits. We thank you for having no boundaries. We thank you for always being available to us. We thank you for being concerned about every detail of our lives right on down to where we get our our, our things from, oh, God. We're just thankful to you, thankful that you would be so concerned about us. What is man that thou art mindful of him? We thank you that you have called us your own, your own creation, oh, God, and we love you today for you have called us your own. Once again, we've joined together, coming to understand what it is that you have to say about us being a help me, what it is that you have to say about this thing called love. And, God, I've been asking and we touch and agree every time that when we take out a moment, take out this hour of our lives to come and see what it is that you say about what we should do, 
the man that we love. We're asking you to have your hand move on every situation, every circumstance, every issue. God, we thank you for victory. I see victory, God. We thank you, hallelujah, for a clear way, hallelujah, for a clear path, hallelujah. We thank you that we don't have to struggle over the schemes, but you've made the path clear, God. We thank you for clear instructions, and we thank you for a one victory, hallelujah. We thank you for settlement, hallelujah, for settling these things that have been over our heads and on our shoulders for too long, oh God. So every time we come together, oh God, I'm asking for your grace and mercy and your favor and your love and kindness to be displayed the very next day throughout the week until we come together again. God, as we continue to take this hour to seek your face, to see what you have to say about this, we're asking you to make sure that your hand moves again over everything that concerns us, and let the blood that you have shed, oh Jesus, let the blood that you shed come against every opposing force, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, any opposing force that would try and rob us of anything that you have told us we could have, we command the blood of Jesus to be against you right now, you cannot hinder us, you cannot defeat us, you will not have what is ours, we command it to be loosened from your grip in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, hallelujah, for giving us authority to command a blessing and to command the the enemy to be cursed, oh God. Help us to be mindful that we are not to use curses against each other, but only against the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God, we thank you for your perfect covering. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your angels that you constantly lose their whole purpose and job is to continue to aid us and help us, God. What is man that thou art mindful of him? We thank you for everything that you are. You've created the sun to shine on us, the moon to illuminate the night. You've created air to flow through our lungs, oh God. You've given us things to eat, clothes on our backs, and a place to live, oh Lord God. And even though everybody hasn't been so grateful, God, you still sent your grace. You still sent your mercy, oh God. Help us to be mindful that we are to be used by you so that there is no poor, there is no poverty, there is no lack in the nations, oh, Lord God. We thank you, and we love you today, and we know that it is done. In Jesus' name, hallelujah and amen. So that is the end of our call. Um, May God be with you. I love you dearly. As always, I will be praying for you. And uh, just continue to be mindful of what we've talked about. And every week, just try and be a, a better help meet than you were the, the week before, okay? I love you and God bless you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.